Hi, welcome to the Mastermind Project podcast. My name is Brian McRae. I'm the founder of the Mastermind Project. And this podcast is intended to help you grow as a leader, to grow in productivity, and also to grow in relationships. Those are the three topics that we will always talk about here at the Mastermind Project. Chances are you're a small business owner or maybe a commissioned sales professional and you're looking to grow. And we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So once a month, we host an event designed to help givers grow. And so that's what we're here for. And this podcast is taken from a general session of a portion of our live event, uh, which we've now gone to virtual uh, as of 2020. So if you're comfortable, please join us. Feel free to join us. And you can go to www.brianckmcrae.com. And you can register for our next event, which is the third Thursday of the month. So sit back and enjoy the shared learning experience here of the Mastermind Project. Point is, we're trying to help you become great leaders. You can lead from exactly where you are. And so we want to help you do that. We want to help you be productive and we want to help you engage in relationships so you can build your business. Which ties in to, by the way, we have a new thing here. And so if I go the wrong way, I apologize. But um, so we're going to talk about the book called Captivate. So we're going to spend a few minutes on that today. And um, how many of you have heard of this book? Okay, good. So Captivate is, um, is really about the science of, of succeeding with people. Now, again, relationships are important. If you want referrals, what do you have to have? Relationships. So again, we're coming in this between space. If you're going to build your business, let's just make sure we're all in the same, same spot. What are some ways that you can build your business if it isn't referrals? What are some of the other options out there for somebody getting into business? Internet, okay. Direct mail, cold calling, networking, okay. That, that probably Networking is going to, does that fall into relationships? Probably. You can buy leads, okay. What else? Billboards, yes. Yeah. You can, yeah, billboards or uh, kiosks inside the mall. That's a great place to advertise. So, joking, sorry. <laughs> pretty cheap these days. All right, uh, so those are pr some pretty good ways. What is the, all of those things that were just mentioned, are they easy? Is it easy to go buy internet leads? Is it, but the question is if you take a look at all those things, they're easy, but they're either expensive. Or how much joy do they bring when you do them? Not much. I heard none. And I to, personally, I've done some internet leads when I started because I didn't want to, I wanted to practice on people that didn't know me when I got into the mortgage business. So if you're practicing, I think internet leads are a great place to practice um, if you can get them to answer the phone. But um, so as we talk about, uh, as we talk about Captivate, what we're trying to do is get, um, get to a situation uh, when what I love about uh, Vanessa, uh, she wrote this book. And there's 14 behavior hacks inside this book. And uh, by the way, what is a hack? Shortcut. Exactly. I, to me, the word phronesis, it's practical wisdom. What she's done, she studies behavior. She's, uh, you take a look, she's got a fascinating background. But literally, um, she has studied human behavior. Now, one of the things that I found incredibly interesting as I was reading this book is she says that there's really, in terms of personality types, there's some individuals who are extroverts, and there's some individuals who are introverts. Now that's kind of the two. And then, but she brought up a, a new a, a new term, which is an ambivert. Now I'm going to be completely honest with you. If we're all trying to become the best version of ourselves, we got to realize she says the vast majority of the population is an ambivert. Now there's some of you that are showing up here today, and it is going to suck every bit of energy that you possibly have for the week, it's going to suck it out of you. But you, you showed up and you did it. By the way, I met somebody like that this morning. I'll be completely honest with you. I want this event. If you're an introvert, I want this to be the, I want this to be the smallest big event you attend all month, all year. I want it to be small and intimate. I want it to be helpful. So, but as we look at that extrovert, ambivert, and introvert, the key is, is finding out where you succeed. So, that's one of the things she talks about. We'll spend some time going through a few hacks and uh, we'll do some, a little bit of engagement here. But um, what I liked about it, she broke it down into a couple of things in terms of succeeding with people. She's got a, a section on the first five minutes, how to engage people in the first five minutes. And we'll go through that in just a second. She talks about the first five hours. 
So what she does is try to help you understand how, how certain things will progress as you, as you spend time with, uh, with different people. And then she'll talk about the first five days. So we're not going to go through all 14. One of the things we try to do here is we break down, give you some implementable, actionable items at this event that you can take out because one of the key tenements of this, and the ambassadors have heard this time and time again, we like to study things that matter, practice things that matter, and teach. So hopefully you can take something away from here where you can teach someone else. And that would be one way to implement it, start to share it with other people. So I hope, hopefully there'll be some great things here for you to share today. All right. So one of the things she did, uh, she mentioned a study in, uh, in the book. And um, I'm going to have you ask this uh, at your tables. Um, so I'm going to have you ask two questions. You have to take, um, you get to take some training yourself. And you get to recommend training for some relationships that you know. Could be a business relationship, could be a personal relationship. Let's keep it on the business side for the sake of today. So the question that I have for you is, if you were going to take a training course and it was going to help you with your competence, getting better at the skill at what you do, or it was going to be a warmth-based training program, helping you connect with other people, basically expressing, uh, she used the term love in the book, but expressing love or warmth to other people. So I just want you to talk at the table, and what I want you to do is answer the question, which course would you take if you had to spend a day taking a course that would help you get better at what you do professionally, or would you take a course that would help you be warmer? And then I want you to say, your refer let's say your referral partners, the, the people that you enjoy working with as a, in a business relationship. Most of us are in sales or uh, own a small company in the room. That's usually the case. So I want you to ask, which one would you recommend the people that you work with? Can either be a referral partner or people that work in the office. Which one would you recommend that they take? So talk amongst yourselves. We're going to give you a chance to connect with the people around you. Kimberly, yes. we saved a seat for you. Kimberly, have a seat. Tom, Kimberly, Kimberly. Would anybody would anybody back here like a seat up front? Does anybody have the courage to walk up front and follow me? We got some great seats up front. Anybody? You want to sit up front? We got what's that? Good. I hope so. Awesome. Um, Miss Meredith, behind you. How many seats do you have available? We have three seats available, so perfect. I love it. Miss Meredith is right up there in the front right. Thank you, ladies. I'm All right. So uh, let's wrap up that conversation. And by the way, well, we got this transition. If anybody wants to move up front, we've got some. Who has seats? We got two seats up front. If you want to meet some new people, feel free to come on up. All right. All right, let's uh, let's bring it back. 
All right, if you can hear me, snap twice. If you can hear me, snap three times. Cool. Can you, can you snap with your left, your opposite hand? All right, good. You got some snappers. Okay. So, um, personally, how many of you chose to take a competence class? Raise your hand. Okay. How many of you chose to take a warmth-based class? Okay. Interesting. All right. How many of you, for your business partners, chose a competence-based class? How many of you chose a warmth-based class for the people you work with? Okay. Um, no scientific poll, but I just the, the interesting part is is that in her study, when she did that, she found that most people, when they choose a class for themselves, they choose a competence class because they want to be perceived as competent, but they choose for the people that they work with, they choose a warmth class. Okay, now, what's interesting about that? What is it, if you're in a referral-based business, what is interesting about that? What is interesting about that? All of our, we want all of our, say that again, Dan. We want all of our partners to be competent, good. But if you've got a referral partner that says they want you, if that is true, they want you to take a warmth class. Anything interesting there? What are, what, what are your referral, if that study, which she's done, yes. Okay, so that's if that's what you're talking about. But now think about this from a referral standpoint. Chad, you had some feedback? Most people want more referrals, but if you take a look and you, and you go upstream, if this is right, what is your referral partner really asking you for? They're asking to be warmer. They're asking to be better at relationships. So that I found incredibly interesting because I'll be honest with you, if you go out and you take a look at whatever industry you're in, and if there's anything that you can perceive without talking to anybody, when it comes to competence, it's a race to the bottom. Think about it. I can close a loan in X days. My competitor says they can do it X minus days. Where does that end? How f negative days. And if you can figure that part out in, this, in the mortgage industry, yeah, that'd be awesome. Bam, you just money, it's in the bank. Um, so I want you to think about that. So the reason that, that I, as soon as I picked up this book and I saw that, I'm like, that's why this book was chosen for this. Because when you look at your referral partners, um, they're looking for something. They want you to be competent. If you're a bug killer, they want you to kill bugs. So there's a common assumption that we can all do what we are hired to do. Do you guys agree with that? Okay. So. By the way, we will spend virtually zero time. Actually, we will spend zero time in 2019 on competence in any particular industry. It just doesn't make sense. We will spend time on productivity competence, how to add massive value in a shorter amount of time. We'll hopefully be able to do that for you. But uh, the point that I wanted to make in bringing in this, uh, that study was that um, everybody wants to be perceived as competent, but they like to work with people who are warm. So take a look at your referral partners, and that's what they're looking for. So, all right. So the science of uh, succeeding with people. It's interesting what she goes into. And by the way, she says science. Um, and she backs it up. Um, there is, uh, there's really four chemicals that, uh, that move through the brain that create experiences. We'll go through these real quick. Dopamine. Anybody know what dopamine does? Happiness, anticipation. So that's one of, that's one of them. There is... Uh, Oxytocin, where it's empathy and connection, when you feel, when you have empathy or when you feel connected to somebody, that's the, that's the chemical that's running through your brain. Serotonin, if you're in a good or bad mood, which by the way, they tie this a lot to uh, the stomach, the science. Now, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a chemist. I don't understand all this stuff, but I'm just telling you, that's, they tie, it's all based off of, uh, a lot of it is tied to your gut in terms of the, uh, where the serotonin comes from. And then the last one is endorphins, fight or flight. Um, if you think about uh, a runner, um, and they say a runner's high, the runner's high is what gets somebody through the, the, the tough points of, of a race. So that's where endorphins kick in. So it's a good acronym to remember, but uh, DOSE, D-O-S-E. Uh, but the point is, when you are building relationships, you are trying 
to initiate these chemicals in somebody else's brain. That's what's happening. So we're going to cover a couple of things, a couple of hacks, a couple of shortcuts, a couple of things of wisdom that may be beneficial for you. She talks, uh, I think it's uh, hack number three, she talks about conversation sparks. Um, so we are, all of us are primary, most of the people in the room are business to consumer. There are some business to business uh, companies here, but uh, most of us are business to consumer. And in that, we're doing a lot of networking. You guys agree with that? So there's kind of three things that you have to do to build a referral-based business. You've got to network, you've got to attend events, you've got to have one-to-ones, and you need to have conversations. Usually, I'd recommend conversations over the phone. Now, if they're not in person. So text doesn't count as a conversation. It may show up that way in your, on your phone, but it's not really a conversation. That's a piece of technology. But having a conversation, so it's, um, we're going to cover a couple things that will actually spark conversations. It, it, it releases on the other end some of the uh, chemicals in the brain that we just talked about. All right. So what I want you guys to do is I want you to go around your tables. Again, we're going to have you guys do some practice here. Um, I want you to just ask this question. Um, and by the way, we're going to do these quick. But I want you to just ask, spend some time having a couple conversations. I'm going to turn it back over to you. Um, we'll either clap or snap our fingers when it's time to come back. So just uh, I'm going to give you three questions here um, and just kind of go through these. Um, I want you to say, uh, how did you hear about Mastermind? One, uh, what do you do? And then uh, working on any, any exciting projects recently. I want you to just go through and ask those questions of each other, um, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about it. So you're set? All right, Mark, get set, go. All right, real quick, there's going to be more time. We're going to walk through this. Um, but let me just ask this. Um, if you had to rank those questions, so what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna ask you, in terms of what created the most interesting conversations, what maybe sparked some of those chemicals to move in your brain? What, what made the conversations, what questions made the conversations most interesting? Um, if you had to rank, rank them, um, show of hands the first question. What made that the most interesting question? Just show of hands. Okay, all right. The second question, what do you do? Show of hands. All right. There's gonna, there should be a lot of hands going up on this last one based off the evidence here. So how about the third question? All right, good. All right, awesome. Why did the third question create more of a spark in your brain? Yes, shows your passion, good. What else? Creates opportunities, exactly. So yes. Exactly, exactly, Cindy. So that's awesome. So the point is, that it gets you thinking. Because how many times we walk? How you doing? She calls that small talk in in her book. Now, small talk is a necessity. It is a necessity, right? How you doing? I mean, it's just. But at the point when you get to, I here's the reason that we covered this book. I want you to imagine an event that you can show up once a month. Now, by the way, I hope that we can take this information, practice it here once a month. What if we eliminated small talk and we could just have conversations that get to the point where we can have real conversations with real people about things that matter? Because I'm telling you, that passion project creates opportunities. How fun is it to hear about something else that somebody's working on? Because I can tell you there's not a single person in this room that doesn't want to help somebody else. It's a biological need. We love helping other people, but we just don't know how to unlock it. So that's what happens with these questions. She calls them conversation sparks. So let's go through this real quick. Sorry for the small font, just had to get it all in here. So on the left, small talk. Conversation sparks on the right. So I would encourage, if you want, take a picture of this, because um, later on, I'm in, one of the things we'll talk about is building a portfolio of quality questions. I'm gonna encourage you, modify your questions. That way you don't have to take a note. Those are gonna be... All right. So take a look and what, uh, and just with time, which one of those uh, on the right, which one of those do you, do you guys like? Anybody have a favorite that they're looking at? They're like, man, I would love to be asked that question. The personal passion project. That's what MJ says. Anybody else? 
Yes. What's the highlight of your day? By the way, that's a great one to take home too. These, by the way, the cool part is these work in multiple facets. So the story, exactly. I love that. You sit down and these are multiple contexts. You can have that, you know, when you're meeting somebody, asking them, well, hey, you know, what's your story? If you're, that could be at an event, that could be at a one-on-one. So, all right. So I hope, by the way, are those questions helpful for you? Just a show of hands. Okay, how many of you will use those? Good. That's the purpose. All right. Because, guys, I will tell you here is a, a, a principle. Actually, I don't know if it's a principle or not, but it is for me. It's a personal principle. I believe that success and significance will be in direct proportion to the quality of questions that you ask. Now, without boring you to death, I decided to leave out both personally and professionally. So, and that also includes what you ask, the questions you ask of yourself and the questions you ask of others. So, I want you to be thinking about the quality of the questions that you ask. So, just a couple things as we round out this particular component, and then we'll move on to the, to the next thing from the book. But uh, I would encourage you, you ask better questions, you'll get better results. Build a portfolio of quality questions. It says Q2 because that's quality questions. Build a list of them. When you see a good question, write it down. But look at the context in which you can use it. So what was the highlight of your day? Honestly, I would use that with my kids. Anybody drove with a 15-year-old with a and talking about how was school? Great. <laughs> exactly. Great. Small talk. What was great about it? What was the highlight of your day? Get them thinking. I want my kids to be able to converse with other people. So they, great is not a good answer. So the point is, I have to ask a better question. If you want to have conversations, ask better questions. By the way, that includes with your clients. What are some of the questions that will get your clients? You want to build a referral-based business? Use this science. Get Look, I'm in the mortgage business. There's a list of questions that I can ask about income, assets, and all that that is boring. But what is important about those things and building a series of quality questions around that that make the experience different with you than it does with your competitor. Why? Because there's some little chemicals that start moving around in their brain. That's it. That's what makes us referable. Okay. When you hear a good question, write it down. So, but I would just encourage you, write down some scenarios. Could be client, could be coworkers, could be a networking event, could be one-on-ones, could be phone calls. Have a series of questions that you can kind of fall back on that you get really comfortable asking. All right, so spark and highlight. Um, she talks about being a highlighter in one of the chapters. Um, in there, she talks about bringing out the best in people. One of the things I love about this event is when you walk in here. How many of you felt an energy in this room that isn't common at all networking events when you walked in today? I would agree. It's because there are people in here that are focused on finding the best in other people. They look for the best and they highlight that. It's what I love about this event. This is a room full of people that just continue to show up every month. They're pouring into themselves and they're trying to help other people become the best version of themselves. That's what they love doing. So bring out the best in people. Attach positive labels, okay? So you've had some interesting dialogue at your tables here over the last couple of minutes. What I want you to do is I would just want you to, we're gonna try this again. Give you guys one more exercise. Um, could be things like you're so organized. Could be you're so conscientious. When you see something that is awesome, acknowledge it. So, um, and then share successes. So the interesting part is, is when somebody experiences success, congratulate, pat them on the back. Here's why success is contagious. So as a leader, whether you are leading customers, whether you're leading a team, whether you are, whatever you're at, you're a leader wherever you're at because somebody's got to be following you. Please keep that in mind. Most people say, hey, I, I just, I'm a, I own my own shop. I just do my own thing. Well, I'll be honest with you. If you don't have anybody following you, you're not a leader. And if customers don't buy from you, they're not following you. So the point with all this is that look for the grain. So what I want you to do is I want you to try to find something that you can congratulate somebody on based off of what you've heard at the table or look for something awesome in the person next to you and acknowledge that. Okay, three, two, one, go. Getting it close. You go over, it's fine. Am I? I'm just kidding. 1040, wasn't it? 
All right, we'll do the snap, and if you can hear me, snap twice. All right, if you can hear me, snap three times. Da -da -da -da. Never mind. It's the yeah. All right, let's bring it back. We want to make sure we honor your time and get you out of here at eleven thirty. So, okay, um, how many cool conversations did you just have? What was the coolest? What was the coolest compliment? All right. Don't make me have you clap. <laughs> All right. Uh, anybody hear something interesting? What was the most exciting thing you heard at your table? Anybody want to share? It was all about me? Yeah, okay, good. Lacey's got it. She's got a peg. By the way, it's true. How many of you liked receiving a compliment? Yeah, we do. So think about that. People love receiving compliments. How often do we hand them out? We don't very often. So people love to hear about themselves. So here's what... Um, I'm going to leave you with this. Last thought. When you walk out of here, you got a blank checkbook. You have a blank checkbook. And you can use it for whatever you want, except yourself. And the cool part is, is that words make a difference. Actions make a difference. I want you to write checks. It's an unlimited supply. How many of you can run out of compliments for other people? Anybody? It's hard. If you really look, it's going to be hard to run out of compliments. And if you do, uh, Dennis, I don't even want to ask what you were laughing about. So, <laughs> yeah. So I want you to know you've got a, a, an unlimited checkbook that can be a resource to build other people up. And they will start to live. And especially if you're leading other people, if you're leading a team or you've got some, some close business partners that you work with, you get the ability to build them up. Because guess what? When you start to do that, the chances of them leaning into it are going to be, and, and exceeding those expectations are going to be phenomenal. So um, use your checkbook, use it liberally, and um, it'll be a blessing to some other people. So with that, what did you think of Captivate? Good stuff? All right, good. Do me a favor. You can clap if you want. By, by the way, it's not about, it's about the material. Yeah, you're clapping about the people next to you. Yeah, yeah. We're wearing your hands out today. All right. So uh, I'm going to turn this back over to Nick. He's going to cover a couple things. So we're going to talk about the 12-week year. 12-week year, how to accomplish more in the next 12 weeks than you would the entire year. Who's excited for that? All right. So if Diane, Tom Durfee, and Brian McCray could come up, we got a little panel. We love every once in a while sharing people that have implemented, you know? I love hearing success stories. So we're going to do some questions. I'm, hopefully we can get through some questions and kind of have a little bit of interaction, but a lot of times we don't run out of time because everybody has questions. But we'll, we'll just kind of stick and move. So the 12-week year. By the way, uh, none of these guys are really prepped. This is kind of hot seat right now. So, uh, But basically, what, what is the 12-week year? If you could define the 12-week year. Uh, Diane, what, what is the 12-week year? The 12-week year is when you come up with three to five major goals that you want to accomplish in 12 weeks and then strategically make a plan of what your week is going to look like. So at the end of the 12 weeks, you've actually accomplished all those goals and then you start over again and you actually accomplish way more than you thought that you could ever do in 12 weeks. Love it. Yeah. I am. Yes. The thing that struck me about the 12 week year was how you think about having annual goals, a lot of times you'll hear people say in November, um, oh, I really need to get working on my goals, you know, and the 10 months have kind of elapsed. And what the 12 week period really does is help to shrink that time so that you're working on meaningful goals throughout the year rather than setting these long term goals that you forget about. Anything else you want to add, Brian? You don't have to. 
That was awesome answers. All right. Well, I'll ask you the next question then. So how were you originally introduced to the 12 week year? And then when did you start implementing the 12 week year? Ah, well, I'd love to answer that one. Um, so I am a, a part of several mastermind groups and uh, one of them, uh, I joined that group because they read a book and they are about mutual accountability and they, we read the 12 week year probably going on three years ago. Um, I'm fascinated by books. You guys have heard me. I just talked about Captivate, um, but I'm fascinated. And I just looked at this. And I'm like, wow, this makes sense. It's not hard. It's pretty simple. I did. I love the idea of 12 weeks. I mean, I thought, how cool is it? I, I mean, everybody gets excited for January 1st because it's fresh. It's new. It's, I get four of those a year. So that's what uh, that's what I loved about the 12 weeks. So I heard about it at a mastermind group. And so. I heard about it because uh, Brian said he was offering a 12 week year uh, class um, for the ambassadors. And uh, my thought was, I don't know anything about it, but if Brian's teaching it, I'm in. So, and then just kind of started from there. I too was in the guinea pig group. <laughs> guinea pig. There, I think there was like 30 of us. Who wants to be part of Brian's guinea pig group for 2019? <laughs> I love it. Um, Cool. How's it worked? You want to share some results? I know I've seen firsthand Diane. She's better at this than I am, which I'm excited to interview her. I am on my seventh time doing the 12 week year. Uh, I kind of did it a little bit differently. I break it down so simply. So I basically have my sheet. I write down what goals I want to achieve. And then I assign points to them. And then on the back of the page, every day I log what I did, because it's kind of hard to keep track of. And it one of the things I think that has helped me is it keeps me on task daily of what are the things I really need to be doing and writing it down. One is really gratifying to me. And then I can see when I'm being a slacker, like, wow, I haven't done anything all week. Get on it. Uh, one of the things that's really helped me do, I always let go was exercise. And I always had it on there, but I thought, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. And so I had to kind of double down on finding an accountability partner for the exercise because that was what I was really lacking after doing it so many times. I don't think I even exercise. I just didn't never make the points. Uh, so I found somebody, another accountability partner that if I don't exercise, I actually have to pay her $20 for the day. I never carry more than 50 cents in my bag. And so I have to go to the ATM and then drive to her house. You can exercise by that time. So I haven't had to pay her one time. So by having that kind of double down accountability really has made me exercise now six times or six weeks in a row. Uh, it helps you focus on what your real goals are. And one was to write a cookbook. And in my folder on in my Google Drive, it said 2017. Well, I just finished it because I never had it as a priority. So that was on my sheet was one hour, 15 minutes, whatever it is, you need to work on the cookbook. Uh, and then it actually gives me permission to say no, because here's the things I need to get done every week. And I don't have time to do that because everybody knows when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And so it really keeps me accountable on where am I really spending my time and what am I giving up? And as you all know, I just got married. And so that relationship would take a back seat to work because I love my work. I love everything that I do. And so now I have more, I have stricter uh, guidelines. So on Thursday nights, I do not network. On Sunday nights, I do not go do anything. I spend it with my significant other. So it really has kept me on task, task with my personal relationships. And that's it. Is that good? Awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> she's got, she's got, yeah, she's got All notes up here. I yes. uh, feel completely unprepared. Um, you have a book. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I, I have a package. <laughs> yeah, but, but this is, this is my, it. this is my plan. This is my plan. I didn't, I didn't write notes for what I was going to say. Um, no, I, you know, in the car. <laughs> one of the things that, that I, I wanted to touch on was that idea of of not doing things for a while um where where you know i've had things on this sheet and not not followed through 
the way that um, it looks, you know, as nice as it looks on the, the paper. And that happens. Um, I think this is, the, I'm, I'm starting my sixth 12-week year. And um, they, you know, I, the, the Accelerate group can tell you, um, I don't come in and report 100% every, every week. You know, there are some weeks that are 50%. Um, and, but what this, what this is for me is an anchor. Um, this is something that I can come back to and go, oh yeah, these are the things I said I was going to do. Now I need to start working on, on those. And so it, it really makes a difference in terms of priorities. And I guess the other thing that I would say is part of what made sense to me versus, you know, other things that I had read over the course of time is like, you know, oh, we'll have four, you know, what are your top five business goals? Okay, well, I can, I can write those down. Um, but then for me, I become overwhelmed with trying to track, you know, what am I doing on all five goals? And so I end up not doing anything on any of them. You know, if you, if you look on this sheet, I have one business goal that is develop um, four qualified clients a quarter. Now I have plenty of other clients that that I have, but you know there's a there's you know a, a criteria for me people who need sustained legal business you know over the course of a year. Um, you know I do plenty of work for people who don't need sustained work over the course of a year. But that's my one business goal. And I have my, you know, what are the important things that I need to do to make that happen? Some are, you know, every day, some are weekly, um, but those are the things that I focus on and the rest are in areas that are important to me. Um, you, you mentioned writing a book. If, if it hadn't been for that initial class where I knew nothing about it, Brian started going over a mind map and I started thinking, what would I like, you know, what would I like to accomplish in five years? What would help me to feel satisfied? I identified, you know, I, I think I've got a story that people would like to, to hear. And so, you know, because of, because of that, I've, you know, two thirds of the way through a book about um, my, my wife and our adoption story. That's something that wouldn't, have happened if you know i hadn't i hadn't sat down and, and really worked on this so how do you follow that <laughs> what was the question uh how has it worked um how's it worked um well i love what these guys said i'll, I'll give you some numbers in a second um and but what diane said it gives you permission to say no there are seasons of life i think and you know, we, we throw up all these big aspirations, but, you know, Warren Buffett, somebody asked him, he says, what's one skill you wish you would have acquired earlier in life? He said, focus. So I think um, what I love about the 12 week years, there's, there could be a season where I'm not focused on one, you know, something, but I can focus on one thing. So you pick things for me, it just allows me in my, in different areas of life to focus on things that matter. So um, in terms of, uh, in terms of results, um, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, run a mortgage team at Central Bank and Brad and Rachel are here along with some of my other coworkers, but I work very closely with them and Brad for about going on six years now. And I started implementing it by myself. Brad's like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's this got to, you know, so uh, if you're going to share it, that would be one mistake that I made. But when we started implementing it and brought him in, I'll be, last year was our, our first full year as a team. I'm in probably two and a half years using this. Um, so I'm a slow learner about bringing team members in, but Brad and I are about, uh, I think, in our fifth or sixth 12-week year together as a team. And um, last year was our first full calendar year. So we do a planning session, and we kind of said, here's what we're going to do per quarter. We really broke it down. We had some wins. We had some loses. But overall, we set a baseline goal, an amazing goal, and a miraculous goal. And um, we identified that. And last year, our business was up. Uh, again, mortgage industry, we were up 12%. Uh, whereas uh, some studies that I've heard recently said the average mortgage operation was down anywhere between eight to 12%. So, um, and we do some, I mean, we did some 
we helped several hundred families a year. Um, so that would be one. And number two, um, as you guys know, Tom mentioned Accelerate. My, uh, my coach uh, said, McCray, do you, are you coaching or are you not? And um, I said, yes. And so one of the things that happened is uh, last year, I set some 12-week goals. Um, and what you see here through the coaching program and through uh, Mastermind St. Louis, um, revenues in that business almost doubled. So um, and it was just by focus. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to impress you guys with any numbers. I'm just trying to impress you that focus works. So setting some goals and going after them uh, in, a, in a focused way was really, it, it's been transformational for me. So awesome. Uh, so the, it's a it's a big book. If you guys haven't read it, it's kind of intimidating, uh, quite frankly. So I, I would encourage you to, to read it. But if there's like one specific takeaway, so as an example, like that sheet, right? Using that sheet. If there's one specific thing you're like, hey, I really like this. What is there anything you might want to share there? Yes. My first one that I did with Brian, uh, it was challenging. And then Allie Surgeoner and I decided we were going to do it again. And we loaded it up. And we failed miserably because we had every single thing we ever wanted to accomplish in, the, in our life on the paper. And by like the third week, I'm like, I'm not, I don't want to talk today. Like, I, and she's like, what? I'm like, I didn't do half of what I said. And it was because we were very ambitious and we thought, let's do it. We're going to do it all. And you can't. So it's really realize you're going to do it a couple times a year. So maybe like Brian said, with the season, is it fitness and your productivity is figure it out and then stick with that because you're going to repeat it again. So I think realizing what's important right now, get that on the paper and work on that. And then maybe have another one of the next time I do it, I want to focus on my spouse or family or writing the book or whatever it is, but don't be over. Yeah. You know, being go and it's okay to not get a hundred percent. If you're getting a hundred percent, your goals are way too low. You need to be in the 60 to 75 range so that you are struggling a little bit. It is pushing you because you want to be pushed, obviously not over the edge to where you quit and start over again, but you want to be in the 65 to 75 range. And one of the things I did learn, and I'm sure you guys can say this too, is during the holidays, you're going to be low. Your, your score is going to be low because you're going to eat cake. You're not going to exercise, you know? It, so whatever it is. So just realizing that. And it also made me become more creative. And one of the examples I wanted to give was the, the snowmageddon. I had two appointments lined up. And so I called them and I said, hey, can we move it up three hours? And I'm a chef. Can you just come over to my house? I'll make you lunch. They were there. And so I met my goal for the week by being creative and adjusting, being flexible. Yeah. And if you didn't have that goal, if you didn't sit down and create it, guaranteed it wouldn't happen. So. Yeah. yeah, that's like right. You know, lay on the couch and have French toast, you know, that's yes. for, for, uh, that's one of the things my wife is uh, not from St. Louis. And during the first winter here, she asked me, she's like, why does everybody in St. Louis buy stuff for French toast when it's going to snow? I said, what do you mean? She said, you can't get milk, bread, or eggs in the store. And I, I said, yeah, I guess that's true. So yeah, that's, that's right. So you could have made some really gourmet French toast then and sat on the couch. Um, but uh, yeah, so for, for me, I think that, that mindfulness of what it is that I'm working on, it allows me to be able to, to focus as, as you said, I think the, the other thing that it, it, that I've really liked is just being able to say, these are the few things that I'm working on. And if somebody brings something to me and says, Hey, what do you think about this? I, I've said, you know, I'm I'm not working on that right now, but let me write it down. And as I do my my planning, you know, that may be something that I'll work on in, um, you know, in three months or six months or nine months, um, because I've got kind of these things. What I what I'd like to accomplish, what would help me be satisfied in you know another four years. So you know, that's having some long-term vision and how that fits in with what I'm working on right now. Um, Nick, I think the question was one thing and I can't, there's five one things. Um, 
So what I've learned and one of the things we covered when we talked about it is, um, and I think everybody in terms of when, when I speak to somebody or, or I'm trying to help somebody implement this, um, they'll struggle in one of five areas, five, <laughs> five, five. Yeah, that, that's my, mine struggles math. Yes. Uh, uh, five. So, uh, the first one is vision. Um, honestly, there was a individual having a good vision and there's just three easy steps that, I, that I'd recommend for that one, what areas of life, uh, pick a date in the future, what areas of life are important to you and what do you need to do to get an A in that area of life by the date that you're looking at in that preferred future. So that would be one, uh, on the vision. Then there's the planning, um, that's one that I think some people, and I'm personally, when you're looking and you're saying, okay, over the next 12 weeks, what I want to accomplish, but really mapping out the plan. So vision, planning, and then metrics. Um, we just literally, and by the way, that's that's actually, to there, we, we've gamified this in so many different areas. Uh, Brad, Rachel, and I were sitting down and we we're trying to figure out what are we going to measure? Uh, we're in the mortgage business and what are we going to measure because the market shifts and things happen. So um, one of the things we just started to measure is how many referral conversations are we having? And how many, and I don't want to get too detailed, but we started taking a look at the metrics. What's the one thing that we can focus on that will help produce the results that we're looking for? And that's what we're measuring. So we're showing up every week and we're saying, did we do this? So that's the third one. It was metrics. The fourth one is time allocation. Um, to your point, you get all these things that you want to do. And then you start to say, well, how am I going to do it all? You might have to cut back. So time allocation. And then the fifth one is accountability. Um, and for me, that has been the the biggest component of it. And so I think every individual struggles in different areas of that, um, maybe more than one, but for me, it was the accountability. And I had to, that's why I joined a mastermind group. I mean, I literally pay a coach to be a part of a pretty unique uh, group, which you guys have seen some people appearing here. Uh, we had Seth Buekley here. He's part of that mastermind group. So um, anyway, those five awesome. things. I'm going to open it up for questions, but I wanted to make sure that if there's anything else on your mind, you want to share that you were able to do that before we I think the only thing I would say is if you're if you're struggling with what does this look like um, and and you'd like an example, um, you know, I'm I'm happy to share the the vision that that I I put out the uh, mind map that that I used. So if you if that's something you'd like to to look at just to see what an example is, it is not the only way, you know, what what Diane has done, you know, works works perfectly well. You know, I this this just happens to be the way that makes sense for my brain. But if you're if you're looking for something, you know, let me know and uh, give me your card. I'm happy to happy to send it to you. I didn't read the book. <laughs> I didn't read the book. I took Brian's class. I listened to what he said. I implemented it and it works. And now I'm on the seventh one. And obviously you're happy because I still work for you. <laughs> so if you want to read the book, read the book. Um, I know Don Arling, he's does a lot of different segments out of the book. I know Allie does too. So there's people in the room that really are involved with helping other people do it. Yeah. So I would say buddy up with somebody that's already doing it that can kind of break it down for you. Yeah, accountability is huge, right? So uh, just kind of a, uh, a thought would be if you don't want to read the book, well, first of all, buy the book. Even do though the she book. Doesn't, she is like, if you get to know Diane, she's like the exception to the rule, um, <laughs> but uh, the, in a very positive way. Um, there's a, if you go to like 12 weekyearcom they send you the supplemental materials if you put your email in there. So I highly recommend you do that. There's a lot of worksheets and stuff like that that you can plug into. Um, and then make sure you're keeping score. I think Brian really touched on it, you know, so I'll really challenge you like, all right, we're January 17th, 17 days into the year. Are you keeping score? And what are you keeping score of? Like who wants to win? You guys want to win? Yeah. Guess what? If you don't keep score, you can't win, right? So this is a great way to just kind of think about, hey, what are the metrics? What are the key areas of my business that I'm going to focus on? Maybe it's new referrals. Maybe it's new clients. Maybe it's outbound calls, uh, you know, new referral conversations. Don't focus on 10, 12, like three to five is a really good number. Uh, so who, who has a question on the 12 week here? Yeah. Why don't you? Well, let's let's do the mic here. 
clothing. Okay. Okay. So a 12-week year, four quarters, what happens to the other four weeks? What do you do the other four weeks of the year? You take a break. I take a break. I take a break and kind of evaluate what did I just finish? Did I accomplish it? Did I do it well? Is there something Nick wants me to be doing that I didn't put on the sheet? Uh, is there an area of my life that I need to focus on now? That, And then I just give myself a little bit of a week, print my sheets, write them out, start again. What do you do? Same. Yeah, the, what, what you described is right. And just use it as a, a planning week for the, the, next, uh, the next four weeks. What do you want to do with it? <laughs> uh, that's what I liked about it. I thought, wow. I, I, I mean, how many of us would like four weeks off? Yeah. Imagine that. If you could work 48 weeks and be really focused and get the results, more results than you thought. Uh, by the way, it, it could be time off. It could be, it could be anything. That's the cool part. So, um, yeah. So, but that's what I, honestly, that's what I liked about it. It's, it was intriguing. I thought the possibility of having one week off per quarter or something, anyway. Who else has a question? All right, crickets, I'll ask a question while I'm walking over there. Uh, account let's talk about accountability for a minute. I think it's really important. So maybe if you've had an accountability partner and it's failed, how do you how do you do that? They're free, like you're not paying for a coach, right? You're, you say, hey, Allie, let's partner up, right? And let's let's like hold each other accountable. Maybe, so, maybe a success story and then a failure story, because I've got to imagine that um, you might have partnered up with the wrong person or something like that. For for me, the the accountability really has come from uh, the the folks in the accelerate group. Um, that's really been helpful because you know they're they're not going to you know they're going to lovingly let me know um, you you you're doing what you said you were going to do. And that that's really that's really worked. I, I what I would say as far as the the downside of accountability, I've I've never really been able to find an accountability partner that I've been able to work with consistently individually. And so that that's probably one of those things that uh, that might be helpful as as I go go along. But I've just never found that that person to really work with. My accountability partner has been Allie for, I guess, five or six of them, which works. But now we're very good friends. So now it's, oh, you're busy. I understand. So that's one reason why the person that I chose for exercise is not is, is someone that I like. But she's going to be calling me out because I think you do eventually get close to people. And then like your mom can't be your accountability partner. Oh, honey, you're tired. It's OK. It's okay. You need to rest. So I think finding somebody who is strong that is really going to be account hold you accountable. Uh, Nick, every week, what are you doing this week? So you have someone like that always on you. You are very accountable to what you're doing. Um, but right now I have an assistant and we just, uh, Nick just hired me an assistant. And so that's one of the things was we required her to do it with me. So now it's building our relationship as partners, and I'm helping her achieve some of her own personal goals. And she gets to know me a little bit better. Brian, you want to add anything? No? Uh, it's to. hard to follow these guys. Uh, the What was the question again? I'm, I'm mesmerized by their answers. Uh, accountability, maybe a, a failure story. Oh, story. accountability. Why do you, why do you have um, for me personally, that was... Um, Look, I, I'm an idea guy. Um, I have a lot of ideas and some of them are aligned with my vision and some of them aren't. Um, but there was, uh, I was stuck at a point in time and I went and hired some accountability. And um, so, um, and I think it depends on the area of life. No, by the way, I mentioned the areas of life. Um, I love what, I, I don't think you can have one accountability partner for all areas of life. I don't think you're, you know, there's just some vulnerability that doesn't happen in, with certain people. Um, but you know, uh, my faith was important to me. I had to go find somebody that, that I really, really trusted that would kick me in the teeth if I needed to be kicked in the teeth from a business standpoint, I went and found an accountability partner that was going to help me grow there. Um, so, uh, it's just, uh, it depends on what your, what your areas, but accountability, in my opinion, there's two ways to do it. You can do peer, which is free. 
Um, and I had very mixed results with peers. To your point, mom's not a good accountability partner or your coworkers sometimes are not a good account because you, you do the same thing and they understand, they'll let you off the hook. Um, and then, uh, but so that's why, I, honestly, I, I had to pay for it. So that's, awesome. that's when I started to accelerate results. Awesome, thanks. Uh, just wanted your guys' opinion. Um, when did you truly start to see your success uh, by working the program? Was it after the first week? Was it after your first 12 week year or in the middle of it? When did you guys like really decide this really works and I can implement it more and more? I started seeing it and, and it was more so in the mindset um, than the, the actual results in the, the first 12 week year because it really did help give a structure to what it was that I was trying to do. And it, it helped me outline what it, what it is that I need to be focusing on in terms of the, the results. Those were, those were things that I started to see, um, in terms of, of clients and, and referrals, probably, probably six months in as, as I started to, to work. Mine was probably the first week because I did the guinea pig class and I was all in and I did the mind map and then Brian did show it, I guess a year later and everything on that mind map was completed. And so that was a real eye opener to me. I mean, knowing, wow, what I actually thought I did it. I'm very self-motivated though. And I hold myself accountable and I don't know, I would think most of us in here, you're harder on yourself than you are on other people. And so I try to hold myself to a very high standard of I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. So a lot of the times me saying, I'm going to write a cookbook, I'm writing a cookbook, I'm writing a cookbook. I hadn't even started it. And then eventually I wrote the cookbook. So I think if you're going to do it, be all in, you're going to fail you're going to get a 50, you're going to get a 20% for the week and go, oh, what the heck is wrong with me? But then the next month you might, or the next week you might get an 80. So it does keep you very focused and it does make you very driven to be true to yourself and have integrity in what you're doing. Awesome. One more question. Yeah. Go on. So uh, one thing that I remember my dad told me a long time ago, probably 15 years ago, and I was talking about personal development. I was like, man, I just haven't, I haven't been reading the amount of books that I really want to be reading. I haven't been developing myself the way I think I should. And I still remember, he's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. The beautiful thing about personal development is that you, you don't go backwards, right? You don't forget anything you've learned. You just pick it up and you start over again and you leave off right where you started. And that's really cool. Uh, with anything like this, you know, hey, you fail and you go back at it again. Well, let's give these guys a round of applause. Oh, sorry, Diane, one more thing. No, I just want to say this one thing. So when I was sitting in Brian's guinea pig class, I said, I just don't read books. I don't have a nook in my house and I don't sit and drink tea and read. And he was like, why would you think you need to do that? I'm like, well, because that's what people are doing when they're reading. They're sitting in their little reading chair. And he goes, no that are not, you have Audible. I'm like, what? That counts? I have gone through so many books because he said, he gave me permission to disregard the reading nook and do Audible. And so one of the things I do every day is when I get in the car, you can't drive anywhere without going 30 minutes. I don't call people. I don't listen to the radio. I listen to a book. And then the rest of the day, if I want to listen to the radio or make calls, but by doing that and changing my thinking on what is reading, uh, has really accelerated me to where now I think I do more than 12 books a year. So thank you, Brian, for getting ready the reading nook. Any other last thoughts from either of you? All right, let's give them a round of applause. That was awesome, right? Well, there you have it. Another Mastermind Project Podcast. We want to thank you for being here and investing in yourself. Uh, that's the key to growth because we know that growth doesn't happen accidentally. It happens intentionally. So thank you for investing in yourself. We hope that you found something here useful. As a matter of fact, it's our desire that you've heard something from this podcast that would make a difference if you implemented in your business. And we know that success favors the speed of implementation. Take a note. 
take action on something that you've learned here. It'll make a difference. We'd love to hear about it. So, and you can also join us and tell us a little bit about it at our next live event. And you can register for that at www.briankmcrae.com www.briankmcrae.com. We've got our mastermind event scheduled there and you can join us virtually uh, at our next event on the third Thursday of the month. So for this time and until next time, study things that matter, practice things that matter and teach things that matter to people who care. Appreciate you.